Hola, yo soy Margarita y estás escuchando Limehouse Podcast. This is Paddy Ashdown and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. What a good name that is. Hi, I'm Tom Brake and this is the Limehouse Podcast. Hello, this is Nick Clegg and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Because I'm not persuaded by the case for war. This is what positive politics can do. Okay, welcome back to the Limehouse Podcast. We have Elaine Bagshaw. <laughs> Thank you. I like this new panelist. <laughs> yeah, two-pronged attack. And we have Mark Pack. You can you can edit out the woos and level them up. Yeah. Like, or just know, like, like huge like you know like cricket stadium, sorry mm-hmm. football stadium, round of applause. Um, so it's your first appearance on, as a panelist, but Mark, but you've been on the show I don't know how many times. Well, I think only twice, but you, but one time I was so garrulous you turned it into an eighty-three part special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I, spanned yeah. most of 2017, and it was great. It like kept us going for weeks and weeks and mm. weeks. I just put them into uh, into three parts, and you can guess where you can uh, listen to them, listeners. You can listen to on iTunes or SoundCloud in three beautiful parts. But yeah, anyway, um, this week has well, we're only on Wednesday, but it feels like about I don't know in any other other ordinary time, like maybe in 2006, about 40 years worth of uh, politics <laughs> has happened in two mm-hmm. days. Mm. Um, and Monday and Tuesday. So we were talking about this before we pressed record. Monday and Tuesday, what happened in the uh, in, in Parliament, the House of Commons? Mark, do you want to? Uh, so there in? were there were two votes. Uh, one was on the uh, sort of Brexit, sort of what was used was going to be called the Great Repeal Act, but then wasn't called it that because it doesn't actually repeal everything. But it's this measure to put all existing EU law into UK law, because, of course, that's what every lever wanted. They wanted to replicate everything we currently do in the existing statute book. Um, And the thing that's controversial about it is that in order to make sort of existing EU regulations make sense when they get put into UK law, the government has voted itself huge powers to almost unilaterally rewrite laws as they wish, which is generally not a good thing government unilaterally rewriting laws that sort of Robert Mugabe yeah. territory of course Theresa May is not Robert Mugabe but it's when you've got powers to rewrite laws however you want it's very very tempting to just end up misusing them a little bit and then misusing them a little bit more and then yeah. misusing them a little bit more beyond that um, which is why the Dems quite rightly were very very opposed glad to say that this time for once Labour made up its mind that it didn't like the Tories uh, and was also mostly most of the time uh, opposed as well but unfortunately uh, with the help of a few Labour rebels it got voted through. Yeah and uh, do we know who those rebels are? Is it even worth talking about? They're all the same blah 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 you know. Okay. Well one of them was it's Dennis Skinner mm-hmm. isn't it the beast of Bolsover. Yeah. Um, Kate Howey obviously who yeah. actually lives in my constituency. Yeah. Um, and Frank Field was the other, yes. other name that particularly caught my okay. eye. Okay, yeah. Okay, and but Keir Starmer, no Keir Starmer stood up and actually he he really got he got to it. I did read something mm. t- today. I think that actually made me think. Hey, you know this guy has got some cojones. Mm. Like I do respect where he's coming from. Um, but is it is it not the case where we are now? It just feels like pretty much everything that goes through a vote now to do with the European Union we're losing like everything and when's it going to become a, when's it when, when is it going to be a time when 
we turn on the telly or read an article, it's like, oh, the government were, they were turned down on this one. They lost this one. Is When's that going to happen? When it gets to the House of Lords. Mm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Benefits of two chambers. Yeah. yeah. But so I definitely steered off track here. So that was Monday. What happened Tuesday, Elaine? That was yesterday yeah. and that was the that was the committees right yeah so that's where i guess it gets a bit more constitutional and not as exciting so yeah but i think you mean gets constitutional and more exciting <laughs> yeah, that's maybe your, yeah sorry yeah. there's a load of lib dems now that i like um so there's something that i believe is called uh the i think it's the com- committee of selection or something i can't remember exactly what it is but basically that committee um then determines the membership of lots of other smaller committees. Yeah. Those smaller committees are the ones that uh, review line by line legislation that's going through Parliament. Uh, what the Conservatives have managed to do is gerrymander that top committee so that they now have a built in majority on everything else and they can therefore change legislation and get it through without it coming back to the House of Commons for a debate. Uh, so we're now in a situation where the Tories lost a general election but have essentially overturned that election result through a bit of a gerrymandering of process. So is that we don't really have a constitution? If we did, would this be would this be something that we could fight a little better? Or is it is that is that what's at fault here? What's it's why on earth has this happened? I thought that the government were like they only had a majority of what eight. I mean I think a lot of people will be confused by this mm. sort of once it comes to pass. How do these things happen with with a government only a majority of you know eight MPs or whatever? Yeah, and and yeah. it's not it's not a <laughs> uh, a commanding majority of the Commons. So the Commons is still technically a hung Parliament. They just have its minority government. Um, so part of it is to do with the deal that they struck with the DUP. So yeah. they got uh, whatever it was a million pound. Uh, payout, uh, yeah. and this is one of the things that they have done in return. So the Tories now have all of these built-in majorities. Yeah, it was a f- it was a bit more than a million. Wasn't it was it? a billion, it was a, it wasn't it? Was like it? A, yeah. yeah, it was a what wadding great whack of cash. Another one to add on to the to the absolute catastrophe. This is why I'm not local party treasurer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Austin Powers moment. A million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it's still because it's so unbelievable to me that they actually handed over a billion pounds yeah. of our money with no one getting an, an opportunity yeah. to question it. So the DUP have actually said today that they're going to actually stand by Labour um, with the um, is it the tuition fees and the uh, NHS pay rise mm. as well, which is it's good, but it doesn't really. I don't know. It's it's it falls outside the agreement that the Tories had with them anyway. But mm. still, you know. They're not completely evil after all. Um, or it's politics, isn't it? They're, mm. they're horrible. But um, yeah, do you have anything to add on the Tuesday thing, Mark, on the um, committees? I guess I should get in the first mention of local government. Yeah. Because you did say, you know, if we had a constitution, would you, you know, written constitution, would you be allowed to do this? And of course, the irony is Parliament has set down laws that councils have to follow, which would ban exactly the sort of behaviour that we saw on Tuesday, because the law quite rightly sets down the council committees have to be in proportion to the political balance of the council. So you can't have one group voting through that it gets a majority on all the committees unless it actually has a majority of, of, of the councillors. So Parliament said, no, councils, you're not allowed to do this, but ourselves, oh yeah, actually, maybe we are okay mm. to back doing it for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's quite interesting actually. What some what some facets do it so much better than the actual big chaps than the big boys. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, so um, I'm going to switch it to the Lib Dem uh, conference. 
Because um, sadly, uh, well, not sadly, wonderfully, Sarah Olney has got a job with um, Vince Cable's crew. Um, what's she, chief? Chief of staff. Chief of staff. I don't know. That sounds like something from the West Wing. I don't even know what that means. It's even you... more glamorous when yeah. it's for the Liberal Democrats rather mm-hmm. than the US president. Yeah. Yeah. So but why don't we talk about the infrastructure of the party, considering the, 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 the conference is coming up? What can we expect to see, like following people like Paddy Ashdown and their sort of they're wanting massive change and a sea change within the party and obviously to try and not negotiate but pull in some of the more central level headed people from from Labour and, and the Tories what can we expect to to see at conference this this conference season <laughs> um so I don't think there's going to be a big shift just yet I mean Paddy's articles and some of the things that he's come up with obviously resonate with a number of people but I think people are heavily underestimating the challenges that face the party and what would have to happen for us um, to to change what we're doing. So um, my day job I do a lot around change management and about changing cultures and actually that's the bit that the party's really got to tackle. So just changing our governance structure whilst that might help that it doesn't really it doesn't make a huge difference. You've got to kind of go through root and branch in all of your local parties you know what does your conference actually look like when you've had seventy five thousand people join um so there's not going to be i don't think there's gonna be much different from previous conferences where there is going to be a difference is obviously we've gone from tim farron as leader to vince cable vince cable yeah who are two very different people very different styles. Yeah. Rally's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is that Saturday evening? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll be um, there for that. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. So I've not seen Vince do the... Tie off. Pep before. Tie off. <laughs> uh, what, yeah. So I, I have once before, at least one occasion particularly sticks in my mind, which was I was working at Party HQ when he was interim party leader, when he mm. was standing in as party leader. Uh, about a year, uh, about a decade ago, when he made the famous uh, Stalin to Mr. Bean comment about Gordon Brown, <laughs> and he gave a little leader's pep talk at the staff Christmas party, and he was actually very good because mm. he's, I guess nobody probably thinks of comparing Vince Cable to say Jack D, yeah, but they do have a similar delivery style. I mean, Jack D is the more professional of the two <laughs> when it comes to being a comedian. I did uh, think deadpan, but there is, yeah. but Vince does do quite mm. a good dry deadpan so yeah i think it'll it'll be mm. very different from, yeah. from tim farron's style there will be fewer mentions of blackburn there'll be fewer mentions <laughs> of popular music but i think there probably will be as many jokes yeah um, and they will be as funny but it will be a very different different style what do we expect from vince cable and the new like i don't know i want to feel like there's going to be victory success in the liberal democrat <laughs> majority <laughs> government yeah, you know? yeah, because exactly. small has, yeah. just asking small things <laughs> well, well exactly we, we, but we all know about the okay increased our mps but the vote share is mm. dramatically yeah. down mm. but that's also so i know like we've talked before i think i've talked on the podcast before about expecting one person to deliver that is completely unreasonable even for the lib dems yeah um there is a whole structure that sits underneath the leader and yes obviously vince has the media presence and has infrastructure and staff in order to deliver part of it but actually if we do want to surge past 12 MPs, the way that we did that back in uh, the 90s was not by just Mm. kind of 
letting Paddy doing whatever he wanted. There was a whole group of people behind him and lots of people in their local parties and in local seats going, actually, you know what? I'm sick of the other two. I'm just going to go out and do something about this now. And I think like there are lots of people in the party that are still just sat waiting. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not going to cut it. Like If there's another general election in the next 12 months, our position is actually really perilous. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree with you on that one. With regards to Mark, your uh, your your blog, your website. What's like? Do you get any feedback from that on the current situation in, within the party? Yeah, I I think the main thing that is I am always reminded of, which is not surprising, but I think for people who have been a member of the party since before twenty fifteen, I think it's easy for those of us who are long long standing members to forget just how many new members there are. Mm-hmm. I mean, two-thirds of the party joined in the last two years. Mm-hmm. In that sense, the as a membership, we have changed overwhelmingly. Yeah. And people like Elaine and myself are now the small minority. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we don't remember that because new members are not that different from old members. But in areas in which they are different, I think we the party hasn't really quite caught up and changed in that respect. Yeah. Um, so just... I mean, the, the sorts of questions sometimes people ping into me are in a way almost amusingly basic, but I say that not to sort of poke fun at the question. Well, like me. It, it Much more, <laughs> it says a lot about how poor we are at explaining what we do better. Really good example of this, and to my shame, actually, it only really occurred to me over the summer in conversation with a new member, but think how weird our conference motions are. Mm. Whenever there's a key vote on an amendment or separate vote on some lines of emotion about whether some words should be in or should be out almost always it's something like remove or keep these words from line 43 it's never the first line and it's almost never the last line now in what other world do you say you know the really important bit of wording that's going to be all the Mm. attention we're going to stick it in the middle (laughs) yeah yeah and and i must admit until this occurred to me in this conversation with a new member yeah, it had felt mm-hmm. completely natural to me, and I'd often been in debates and voted, and I'd never. Mm-hmm. But now you think, gee, what a weird way of welcoming new members to yeah. say, we're going to hide from you the important bits. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I must say, because I've only ever been to one conference, um, that was last year, and I was um, really, really struck by the, um, almost, the almost level of, <clears throat> oh, you, you, you might be a new person to this, but you, surely you know the exact in and ins and outs of mm-hmm. this and also there wasn't much opportunity to get sweaty and shouty in a debating mm. like i was wondering where that sentence sweaty <laughs> and shouty and um yeah game of thrones but yeah you know that for me what i want from top to bottom mm. uh is more motown music at the uh party end of it more <laughs> rock and roll which i think i tweeted you about mark and then also, uh, just a little bit more like, yeah, just a bit more blood, sweat and tears. Like, not blood, sweat and tears, but, you know, a bit more drama, a bit more mm. chance for people that are new to come in and have a full-on like, debate as opposed to just a very boring conference room talking about, you know, really important subject matter, like, you know, uh, like the NHS pay rise and what have you and pay gaps. Blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I don't know if that's just me. No, I think there's a, like, going back to how much the party has changed, it's interesting that, like, we haven't looked at things like conference and gone, right, with 75% new members, what does that actually need to look like? Great example for me, and I know we need them there because we pay money, people that are brand new come along to conference, go into the exhibition hall, what is there? Bishops printers, people selling risos, 
Lib Dem image, which, you know, if you've joined post-2015 is just a bit like... No, but it is, so, like, the fringe, what the training needs to look like, how long it needs to be, like, the demographic of the party has changed significantly. Mm. So do people, and particularly after, on the back of a snap general election, like, do people really have an extra two or three days annual leave to take in order to come to conference? Not really. No, no, no. So what does it, what does it need to be like? And I think it needs to be far more about that is a lot of people's entry point so rather than all of these exhibition stands that you don't really know what they're about it's more about what can you sign up and volunteer to do so exhibition at conference should be like freshers Mm. at university so it stalls about all of the things that you can do and all the stuff you can sign up to and look it's really great fun and it's you know groups are competing to get people to their stand whereas I find it's a bit dead in there a lot yeah. of the time like yeah know. there's there's a, there's there's a lot at stake here we've got new members like a whole bunch of new members and yeah. they're, they're looking to be excited they're that's what i that's what i was when i recently joined up you know last year there i was you know brexit happened holy shit you know what are we going to do i'm going to go to conference there's going to be loads of electricity and it was just very plain and and dull yeah. Yeah, and there's no there's no easy way to work out what you can do and how you can contribute. We've got a hundred odd thousand people, a lot of whom will be incredibly talented, run their own businesses, do all kinds of things. How do we just kind of go get on with it, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and there, I mean there are some upsides. You know, there are some positive signs. I mean, yeah, if you give a committee of people the opportunity to review a decision, it's really easy to come up with all sorts of perfectly legitimate concerns. And, uh, you know, things that you worry might go wrong, extra safeguards you need to put in place, etc. And in all sorts of organisations, in the commercial world, in the voluntary sector, in political parties, the only way you don't get bogged down in bureaucracy, therefore, is if you've got a really strong motivating purpose about wanting to involve people Mm. and wanting to make it as easy as possible. And we don't really, we don't really have that at the moment. You know, we have it in bits. And you hear, you know, different people say the right things. But then when you look at our processes, we don't have... So, for example, if you are a new member and you've got a great idea, something that maybe will work really, really well, and maybe it'll cost 50 or 100 quid to try it out and experiment, mm-hmm. there's no pot of money that no, you can bid yeah, for for a little, you know, a little grant uh, to try out something new. And likewise, you know, there's a whole set of different things that we do where we just don't make it easy for people to try and experiment. Yeah. Um, and then the flip side of it is, of course, there is a lot of genuine accumulated knowledge about what works mm. and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And we sort of keep it secret. So if you're a new member and you maybe get asked to go deliver leaflets and you do it in an intensive campaign, you will get a bit of flack from the public about, oh, you're delivering too many leaflets. There's a very good set of answers as to why you shouldn't worry about that. Mm-hmm. And actually, we've got evidence that works. But yeah. we don't tell people that. You can't go to a five-minute little talk at conference to hear why leaflets work. You know, you have to yeah. work really hard to find out there are, those there basic are, bits of information. There are some at, at, mm. at conference, which mm. you would do on strategy mm. on how to win a local mm. campaign, right? And how to do that kind of stuff. I There's have done to, before, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I'm I not went, this time. I went to quite a few last year. But mm. um, do you feel like there's a wind of change within the party to actually listen to these new members and listen to people who've actually got really great ideas. Like you said, Elaine, 100,000 people. I mean, one of the things is, I guess this is a bit like when people talk about the women's vote, the new member voice is not... Women can vote? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. Shocking, it's terrible. And um, new members do not speak with one voice. Mm. 
So a lot of them have ideas that either go against mm. evidence that we all know works really well, or they're on completely opposite ends of um, you know, the spectrum in terms of what will work and what won't. Um, so you've got some new members, particularly in London, uh, who think we should only talk about Brexit. And then there are other new members who are in Labour-facing places in the North who would like us to shut up about it. Um, so I think it's more about, rather than listening, it is that, you know, one of the things that we talk about on federal board is about actually how can we, rather than being the people in the ivory tower going, yes, well done, we'll pat you on the head, that's a nice idea. How do we just go, you know what, you shouldn't even end up in front of us. Mm. Just crack on. And if it works, then what's the easy way for people to find out about stuff? Um, You know, if you're a new member now, you join the party and the only place you can go and find anything out is Facebook. Mm. Yeah. Like, what's that's not a party that was in government for five years. Or hopefully... Liberal Democrat associated podcast. Yes. Or yeah. a Liberal Democrat <laughs> or a email book. newsletter. Yeah, or an email newsletter. There we go. Uh, you can plug that now if you like, Mark. www.libdemnewswire.com. There we go. Your monthly Liberal Democrat news fix. But I mean, there is a positive side to all this. I mean, I think, you know, we've we've sort of reasonably enough fallen into talking about some of the the sort of struggles that are going on to change the party. But there have been lots of amazing successes. Yeah, Lib Dem Newbies Facebook group. Yeah. Best use of social media ever to engage party mm. members. Yeah, Something it. set up and run by primarily new members, a couple of sort of older hands uh, involved as well. Brilliant thing, member grassroots driven. The big consultation session process that Your Liberal Britain ran mm-hmm. to come up with this draft new vision statement for the party. Is that that's Jim, Jim published. Williams? Yeah. Jim Williams yeah. Yeah. involved hey, 8,000 members. Wow. 8, 000, that's more than anything we've done to involve yeah. members really ever before in the party's history. Again, something driven from the grassroots by new members. Sarah Olney, we mentioned earlier, new member, chief of staff to the party leader Mm. now. So there are some really good things happening. Mm. But what we're not managing to do, I think, is to encourage as many of them as we could do. And that's where the real struggle, I think struggle is probably a fair word, isn't it? Will be over the next year to try and change the culture in the party so that we are perennially trying to encourage people to do more stuff and we're making it easier for them to do more stuff. And that we're feeding in enough almost sort of education and information so that when people are thinking about, oh, what do I want to do? What do I... They know some of the accumulated wisdom, you know, that there Mm. is there. So that, yeah, there'll be some ideas that don't work, etc. But at least they won't be ideas that are based on an assumption or a belief that actually we already know is is faulty. And what about, say, like, um, <clears throat> we're talking about Lib Dem newbies. I, I post the podcast on, on the Facebook group every time it's, it's, it's a new, fresh episode. Mm. So I'm presuming there are quite a few newbies listening to this show. If, if they're, say, like, you know, slightly mad and want to be punished for the rest of their lives and want to become an MP in the <laughs> Liberal Democrats or an MP in general, um, do you think the Lib Dems are well... Do you think they have a good... Uh, what would you, what would you say? Is there like a, a, a feeding line? Can they a fast track or uh, like a football like a football club has a youth system uh, to to, mm. to enable the ones with mm. most talent? Do they have like a a, a a spotlight that picks out these people that keep emailing HQ or keep turning up to mm. rallies and keep doing this and keep doing that? I want to give a more positive answer than Elaine's body language is indicating that she might be about to. <laughs> no, I'm just Because uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we do. It, it, and it's not a process that's perfect by any means. 
But if you want to be a parliamentary candidate, there is actually a process that you can slot into very easily. You, know, you can go to the party website, you can find out what being a parliamentary candidate involves, you can get an application form, you can get training to help you with the application form. Following the application form, there's an approval day and then there's a selection. So there's a, you know, for all the flaws and hiccups in it, there is a process you can very quickly get yourself into. Yeah. The, the challenge that highlights is okay if you want to be an MP, brilliant, that process exists. If you want to be a councillor, sort of a similar process exists, but actually with not nearly as much mm. sort of training and reference material and so on easily available. And then if you want to do almost anything else in the party, I, there's no process no. really, is there? If you want to be a local party chair, maybe you think, okay, actually, um, you know, I'm quite good at doing committee minutes or chairing meetings or looking after you know, the books of charities or whatever, you know, so maybe you want to do one of those really valuable roles. And actually all of those are roles we're often really short of people for. Yeah. There is no systematic process in the way yeah. that there sort of is for councillor and there definitely is for parliamentary candidate, let alone if you want to get involved in any other sort of way. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, I think, the big gap at the moment. Well, I can, de I can definitely, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're good at talent spotting, but I think the party, particularly with um, ethnic minorities and women, as soon as they spot any talent, just go, oh, you should be an MP. So I had it when I was chairing Liberal Youth and I was 22, just out of uni. Um, and it was everyone's answer. Oh, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And actually, yeah. I was nowhere near ready back then. And if I'd ended up in either, a, you know, not a target seat, but the level underneath, I highly likely would have been eaten alive yeah. and would have gone yeah. running as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. But I did chair the youth and student wing of the party for two years. I worked on the press team in the 2010 election, then was on federal executive for four years and then have landed in Tower Hamlets and managed to get it to getting the second best result against Labour in the country. Yeah. Um, which would have been unthinkable even two years ago, let alone anything else. So there's yeah yeah and Lots yeah, I can, options, yeah but... I can sadly think of several examples of particularly BAME candidates BAME well, sorry oh sorry candidates Black from uh, yeah from ethnic minority backgrounds yeah. who because the party has got such a poor record mm. on sort of racial diversity racial ethnic diversity just people almost guiltily become over keen on encouraging them to stand for parliament and I can think of several who it was just not the right thing to do or it yeah. was too soon yeah. and as a result they didn't have a happy experience and mm. the party has lost them and they, yeah. you know, they didn't, uh, yeah. uh, they didn't really gain anything from it either. And, and, and that's, you know, that, that's, that's the risk yeah. that partly because we only have these, this, this sort of parliamentary route that we can slot you into, or maybe the local councillor route that we're not better at a wider range of routes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's just, it's just a funny one. I just feel like the Lib Dems, you know, if we we're talking about macro and all that kind of stuff and God, I just feel like we're, of quite far away from that, but also, you know, current climate, anything could change, you know, especially with Uncle Vince there. Sorry, King Vince. Sorry, you know, give him his proper title. Hey, he followed us the other day. He, hey. King Vince, Vince Cable, hey. followed us on Twitter. <laughs> you can do that as well, guys, at Limehouse Pod. Um, yeah, so is there any anything else you guys would like to, to bring up at this juncture? Because I think we've, we've gone in and out of conference and out the other side like a, a proton you know it's nice short practice ready for yeah exactly. <laughs> the weekend through to tuesday any, anything you you've got that maybe on your your blog that's um the, the latest thing you, you maybe emailed your newsletter group or 
I feel like you know an answer to this question. No, I don't. You're leading me. Um, so, oh, what shall I plug? There are just so many things to plug. Yeah. Um, no, serious, serious answer, actually, is the party is currently carrying out a strategy consultation, which can sound a little bit dry, but at the heart of it are questions like, what should our relations with other parties be like? Are we in favour of progressive alliance or not? Yeah. Should we be campaigning overwhelmingly on Brexit or not? Um, and then there's also the organisational side, which is absolutely around questions like how to involve members more. Mm -hmm. So if anyone you know has been listening to any of this and has a view on any of those issues, um, and you're a party member, absolutely do please take part in that strategy consultation. Um, or if, if you'd you, like to become a member of the Liberal Democrats, exactly, join the <laughs> join and then take part in the consultation. If you Google, uh, I, well, I know if you Google Mark Pack Liberal Democrat strategy, you will find the consultation paper. It's possible if you don't Google my name, you might find it as well. How many cups um, of coffee have you had today, Mark? Uh, two and a half. Oh, okay. You said that so quickly. The Mark <laughs> Pack dot whatever it was, the address. I was that like, would be markpack.org.uk. Yeah, yes. It's, it's incredible. Uh, but you can also find the strategy consultation on the party website. It is actually one of the things that I find amusing and frustrating in equal measure. Um, and I understand overworked staff at HQ shouldn't be criticised for this, but it's not uncommon if you go try to Google stuff about the party that you end up on my site rather than on mm -hmm. the party site, which yeah. is both earns me an extra 3p in Google ad revenue, but does also highlight there are just some things we're not quite getting right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. part of the answer to that is to be much better at involving volunteers. Yeah. You know, the party is never going to be able to employ as many staff for say what other parties no. can do. Yeah. And the answer therefore isn't to think, well, either staff at HQ do it or nobody does it. It's... How do we get volunteers doing it? Yeah. And, you know, the party website should be able to be much bigger and much more high profile in search than, you know, my own sort of humble little blog is. And the fact that it isn't ref often on many measures reflects that we're not using volunteer talent and skill enough. And there are loads of people out there who do this professionally or yeah. do it for fun. Well, I suppose we're kind of at the end, really. Um, I guess we've just got to say goodbye. So it's goodbye from Mark. Goodbye. Well done. You're not going to elaborate? Be a bit more like you could You could jump up and down, sing a song if you like. <laughs> I'll just go for goodbye. Okay, he's going for just goodbye. Elaine? Goodbye. There we go. Everyone's going for goodbye. <laughs> What's going on? Um, I'm not a very creative person. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's much better.